Alright. Welcome to episode four of Draw, Roll, Move podcast. We're up to episode four. Wow. Yeah, if we keep up at this, we'll get to episode five soon. Oh my god, five episodes? No, no, that'll never happen. <laughs> Let's get straight to episode six. Yes, yes. <laughs> five's a bad, 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 bad number. Uh, today we're going to be talking about pretty pieces and how important are pretty pieces to a game. But before that, let's go into the mini segment. What have you been doing recently? Well, did get together with uh, the work group mm-hmm. and uh, pulled out a game I haven't touched in a very long while. Uh, a game called uh, Lucky Loop. Ooh. It's a... Yeah, uh, sounds like it goes on way too long. <laughs> if people are not concentrating on how to play... And instead talking about something else. Yes, yes, it did uh, It did drag on a little bit longer than uh, I was used to. And uh, because of that, I don't think it got the reception that it probably deserves from the uh, gaming group. Yeah, especially when you don't know the entire rules, and then halfway through you get a couple more of the rules for the game, and then near the ending you get a couple more. It, the, the game just... Without all of the rules of the game, playing it is just not as fun. And I think that's a, a that's, thing that that happens for a lot of games. That's that's pretty consistent. If the <laughs> if the game's rules are not known by everyone from the beginning, it does tend to. Although you're guilty of it when you're demonstrating your your game. There's been a couple of times where two turns in, you've decided to uh, remind everyone that you've remembered a rule. Yeah, but that's just so I can win. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> uh, that's what I was working towards, but it didn't work for me with Lucky Loop. I remember it as being a really fun game and it didn't feel fun playing it. It was... There were portions that were fun and I could see if we all were concentrating really hard, it would be a lot more fun. And if we knew all the rules, of course. True. But what was cool was that I would have won except that we didn't read the rules very well. Like, I would have won if we played the normal rules, but I was so cocky that I said, you know what? I'm pretty sure I won this anyways, so... You guys can play the way you thought the rules would go. And then they all subsequently passed me. Oh yeah, you did. <laughs> so, so. I, wasn't even, I wasn't even in the realm of possibility. Yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You guys can go do it. You'll never catch me. And then they all did and surpassed me. And I was like, oh my god. I guess I lost. Go but I had fun day. watching everyone else beat you. Yeah, yeah. By one point, by the way. Not everyone. Some people beat me by two or three points. Yes, yes. <laughs> But it, I, it was surprisingly fun considering that all you're doing, it's kind of a Yahtzee type game oh, where you lay down three cards and then you try and roll for it. But I could see it being fun. You know what's another fun game that I played recently and immediately went out and bought and it was also on that game night? King of Tokyo. And I can't believe I hadn't played this game. Not a, not a young game. It's been out for no. five years or something like that. That game is really fun. Also another Yahtzee-type game that I would never have thought would have been fun. Sadly, still have yet to play it. I have been at You should so have been many... there earlier. I should have been there earlier. But I've been at so many events where it was played. It's been played on tabletop now. It's and I've it. always shown up after it's already in, yeah. uh, underway and had to watch it play out and go, Oh, that looks like a lot of fun. I yeah, wish I was playing now. So, yeah, it's awesome. It's basically Yahtzee with monsters. And then you can add on superpowers. Basically, that's what we've been doing. Oh, I also worked on my game. Cleaned it up. I think it's in, in, in a place now where it's getting pretty close to being done. I don't see there being a, a lot of large changes. I don't think it's going to appeal to everyone, I guess, and I'm resigned to that. 
<laughs> but that's never going to happen. It's a rare game that appeals to every single gamer in yeah. the gamers verse. That is game, true. Game verse. I would have thought settlers settlers would would have, but there's a lot of people that don't like settlers, especially people yeah, that are hard, hardcore into to board games and like deep strategy and don't like luck involved. Uh, and oh, I've met so many of those people. Yeah, I love playing luck-based games with me them too. <laughs> <laughs> now on to our main topic: pretty pieces. Pretty pieces. So I think this is one of my favorite things about games: the fact that they are pretty and the fact that you can touch them. So, like as a child, you always want to look at things by touching them. And when it's a computer game, you can't really do that. But when it's a board game, you actually have the the cards. You can pick them up into your hands, put them really close to your face, and look at all the pretty colors and everything like that. And it's even cooler when they have miniatures. The thing that makes Kickstarter. Oh, how did I know this was gonna come up? I love miniatures. Yes, you do. And apparently, <clears throat> so do a lot of people because this makes a lot of Kickstarters go bonkers. You see a lot of the cool mini or not Kickstarters, and they make so much money just because they have amazing miniatures. And the game is not necessarily the best game out there, but the miniatures are some of the best miniatures out there. And it doesn't even have to be the best miniatures out there. Just the fact that you have some sort of miniatures or some little pieces that are unique and cool looking make a more fun experience. Absolutely. In the early days of Games Workshop, we would buy so many things that were in that uh, game that we had no inclination whatsoever of actually playing the game. Mm-hmm. We just bought it to play our own games with the minis. Yeah, I remember as a child going by a Games Workshop store when it opened up in Toronto and just staring for hours at the miniatures. Then I realized, holy crap, this is also a game. I could have an excuse to take up my cool painted miniatures and play with other people. And that's exactly what happened. No disrespect to Games Workshop, but the actual gameplay is not the best. It has some flaws. It has some flaws, but the miniatures were great. And just from the virtue of having cool miniatures, I loved playing it. I loved putting these little dudes onto the table, and we also made terrain, because it's two armies sitting in front of each other in 3D, fighting on 3D terrain. It was like playing a mini-diorama. Every single time. That is pretty cool. And then you do your pew pew sounds as you roll 20 or 30 dice, which is, I think, one of the best things about 40k. Those are the miniature games, right? Those are the games that are that are all about the miniatures. Yeah. There are plenty of other board games that have miniatures in them, but that is not the entirety of the game. Yeah, something like, how many people wanted to play HeroQuest because they came with cool miniatures? Oh, I certainly did. Yeah, that's exactly why I was Hero like, oh my Quest, god, miniatures? Talisman. That's awesome. Uh, Descent, the, the, the a more recent one. Descent, yeah. Uh, Cosmic Encounters even has... Uh, oh, the spaceships? The little spaceships, which are pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, even Risk! Even Risk, yeah, Risk, absolutely. Risk is a great, a great example. It's like and a, how often, right before you play Risk, go pew, 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 boom, with the cannons and things like that. I almost never do that. <laughs> And by almost never, I mean always. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's it's cool. And then when you're playing, you set up all, you take out all the guys and line them up. Just having the miniature, the little mini. That guys even brings us to, to Ticket to Ride. Exactly the same thing. Everyone makes yes. their little their little, little train, long train yeah. of trains. And you could say that 
miniatures could just be replaced with cardboard, and technically they could be. And or stand stand ups. If you're talking about ease of use, a yeah. stand up is just as good. And but, sometimes they are, and, and yeah. to good effect, and, and as long as the art is uh, is there to to warrant it. Yeah, but well. Yes, I know what you're going to say. A mini is always always looks better on tabletop. No, that's not than, what I was going to say. Oh. What I meant to say well, is oh, that in that case, I'll put you words could, in your mouth. You could argue miniatures are extraneous to a game, but it's undeniable that they add enjoyment into the game. And True. And it's not just minis. We we talk about minis. I talk about minis because I love miniatures and I love painting them and assembling them and making them look cool. But it goes the same for beautiful art or design in any game. For Absolutely. example, Small World. Small World is a beautiful game. I'm sure a large part of the reason why I enjoy that game is just this beautiful map that is like art. How many, I think I mentioned this before, how many board games have an art book? I can't think of any. Small World has an art book. One. <laughs> So yeah, the, the art is so beautiful, and it adds a lot. Like that, that game is solid on itself. If you were to to play it with just uh, I don't know a Risk style board, yes, with yes. with chits or something like that, you it would still be a fun game. Yeah, but the fact that it's beautiful just adds that extra layer. Whenever you look at it, it cheers you up. Beautiful art makes the game so much more enjoyable because True. not only do you, can you be playing a great game, but you're looking at something that's beautiful. Yeah. I'll tell you, uh, one of the games it's that like... I've got on shelf, you can see it over there, mm-hmm. is uh, Tsuro. Mm-hmm. And whilst it's a very, very enjoyable game, and I got introduced to it uh, I think and you forgot instantly... to say debatably enjoyable game. It's not debatable. I do enjoy <laughs> it a great deal. Uh, I got introduced to, to it at a, uh, at a big games night with a group of my friends, and instantly went out and bought it. But even if it's debatably, there's air quotes there, a fun game... It's absolutely gorgeous. That is undeniable. It That's not the, debatable. You, you open up the box and it's got the rice paper on uh-huh. top. It's got the little the, the fold out of the rules is just gorgeous. And then each one of the individual tiles is so very... It's simple, but it's pretty. Yep. Box is gorgeous. Got great design. It, it, yeah, it definitely... The uh, graphic designer for it definitely deserves some kudos because it's it's just beautifully put together. That is a game that when I... Looked at it, I enjoyed it way more before you played it. <laughs> before I played it, <laughs> I, I I understand why people enjoy it. You know, it's a nice light game. I just personally didn't enjoy it. It's a nice light game. It's very quick. It's so accessible and so pretty and so very pretty. It's another one of those games that's in my collection because I can play it with the kids. Uh-huh. But I was introduced to it with a group of adults, and uh-huh. everyone at the table had fun. You weren't at the table, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> When I played Suro, I pretended that I had fun. Oh, wait. You're not a very good pretender. Only, only until the end of the game, though. Afterwards, I was like, eh, let's not play this again. Ever. <laughs> but, <laughs> going back to Small World. While it is beautiful, and it is probably the most beautiful game that I can remember, just in terms of illustration. Yes. In terms of illustration, <clears throat> art, it is beautiful. But it's not perfect in terms of the art department because it's a bit busy. And we talk about, you know, we love beautiful things in our games. Mm. It's still a game. And you still need to be able to play the game. Yes. And Small World, although beautiful, I feel like the beauty of it, and, you know, it's so detailed, there's so much going on, that it makes it a little bit hard to play. 
True. I think the last time that we played, there was uh, some confusion a couple of times during the game on accessibility between players just because the board is so very busy. And once you start laying down the counters for Mm -hmm. for everyone's uh, moves, it's very hard to judge where some of the delineation is. It's not not game-breaking by any stretch, but Mm -hmm. it certainly can add a little bit of... uh, pause to the game while you're trying to work out oh can I can I make this move is this going to work mm-hmm. it can add a, that little bit of frustration I guess to yes to your ability to play the game with a, an even flow throughout the entirety of it and I remember the first time uh, we broke it open and there are these beautifully painted mountains on the board on these spots and then they took out these little mountain tiles that are not quite as pretty as the beautifully painted (laughs) mountains, and they put them on top of the beautifully painted mountains. And I thought to myself, why are you doing that? That just makes the board uglier. And then as I played it, I realized these cutout mountains that go on top of them, the reason why they put them in is for ease of play. And it just makes it more immediately apparent that the mountain gives some sort of benefit. Yes. And so it's a gameplay thing that they did as a trade-off between beautifully painted thing to ease of play. Yes, and I think it, they obviously realized that there were going to be situations where you needed to flag your areas once they mm-hmm. start getting covered up. And as you said, it's, it was a trade-off. It's like, a, we want to do beautiful art, mm-hmm. but at the same time, we want to make the game flow Yes, in a natural way. Yeah, so what it comes down to is that when you talk about art, beautiful... Things like miniatures and the illustrations are very important. But there's another art form that a lot of people or a lot of games often neglect, and that is graphic design. These are two different programs in university, as I figured out when I asked my friend what she did. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, you draw so, pretty pictures. No, I'm a graphic designer. And then I said, oh, so you, you set text on things? And, <laughs> and she probably became annoyed. So you're not friends with her anymore? No, now I respect graphic design. Because so, it is a big deal. This is the kind of thing that in games, you want to make something that is both beautiful, that has pretty pictures. Let's say you're drawing an animal, you want to make it a beautiful looking animal. Or you're drawing a landscape, you want to make it a beautiful landscape. But you also want to make it useful so that people are able to understand what is happening on that piece of art or artwork. So a flyer, for example, has some sort of graphic design so that you can easily understand what they're selling. And they do it in a pleasing way so your eyes flow correctly and everything like that. And that is super important for a game. And I think there's a lot of games that will neglect it. They'll think art. Oh, that means illustration. That means pretty pictures. But it's not just art illustration. Just like any kind of... You talk to a artists who do the actual art they're like yeah of course you need graphic design and it's a separate thing that you do it's not the same thing and can you think of uh, any games that do it well or have done it well risk Risk. so risk is classic and it's very straightforward it's very easy to understand which there's lots of different risk versions i wonder if if so maybe not all risk versions are like this but i wonder if it was an evolution it's probably because the graphic design for maps it's basically based off of maps right And maps have had a long history of evolution. So it's not surprising that... Don't poach my word. What? I used evolution. 
You can't use evolution. What are you talking about? Evolution is a English word. I can use evolution all I want. Okay, go right ahead. So it it iterated over many times. So maybe that was just an incidental incidental good graphic design. Well, when when I think of something like Small World, I think of beautiful illustrations. Mm-hmm. Graphic design is actually good. It's actually quite good, especially on the the non board portion. Well, yeah, all of the pieces do work right? very well together. Um, so there are good portions of that graphic design, but I'm trying to think of a game that blew me away because of the graphic design, just in the same way that Small World blew me away for the beauty of the illustration and the board. And that's why it's very quiet right now, because I can't think of one. <laughs> Can you think of one? No. What have I played lately? Uh, nothing really jumps out at me as a... Is a cutting-edge, graphically designed... Well, can we think of just a good graphic design in general? <laughs> we just don't think about it enough. And so even though we realize that it's important, and we can see when it's bad, maybe that's the, the thing about graphic design, is that when it's really good, it just fades... Into the background. Into the background. Yeah. And everything's just super clear and super easy to understand. There are those games where everything's just super easy to understand and do. And there's no times where you said, oh, what do they mean by this? Mm. They're not Seven Wonders, for instance. In its base set, I think the graphic design meets expectations. But it, it does have some flaws, and when you start adding in the expansions, as we saw mm-hmm. the last time that we played, those expansions only confuse... <laughs> The issue was that they didn't want to put text on the cards. Yes. Because they want to keep things apparently really simple in terms of look. And when you can keep all the rules in your head or you've played it enough that that they stick in your head, you memorize them, then it becomes really clear when you pick up a card. But getting to that point when you have 30-odd symbols is really hard. Yes, and that's, that's where it fell down. If you've got only as many symbols as would fit onto a single playing card cheat sheet Mm -hmm. and have that available to every player then you're probably fine Mm -hmm. you get a card you quickly look at your cheat sheet you understand it but as you said once you start getting into the 20 and 30 different symbols then the system breaks down and it becomes a a matter of memorization and it becomes harder to understand as opposed to easier to understand absolutely and one reference that I I had about this was Magic the Gathering, I remember reading their blog. They have a very interesting design blog. And one of the articles was saying how they limit the number of keywords in any set to a set number. I believe it was like 18 different keywords that people would know. So flying is one where your your creature can fly, and that means certain things in the rules. Mm. You have first strike, and you have all these different rules. And they tried to limit it to, I believe, 18, because they found that once you get over 18... It becomes very hard, even for the people that play Magic, who are in general really into games, even for those people, it starts to become confusing and starts to become hard for people to keep in their head. I wonder if they're still maintaining that that rule now. In any block. So whenever they come up with a new set. So Magic's kind of weird because they have the different formats. They have Standard, and then they have the old formats where you can use any card, but anyone that plays in those kind of formats, they're like, well, you asked for it because <laughs> because you want to use all the cards. Well, you just got to deal with the complexity. And the people that are really into Magic, or the people that play that kind of format, uh, Legacy, 
we'll memorize it. We'll spend the time, right? Mm. But when you're when you're trying to bring new guys in, you don't want to overload them with number of special words they have to memorize. I still I I wonder if <clears throat> if it's a case of new keywords introduced in a set or total usage. The more recent total sets usage. They, that's why they in a, a new set they will rotate out old oh. keywords and okay. put in new ones. So they only have a certain number every okay. every set. Interesting. Yeah, that's why I brought it up. You know what another game is though? Just in general, like I said, negative David today. Another game that has okay graphic design but has horrible illustration that I feel like drags the game down is Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico is a great game. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the top games in Board Game Geek, and I understand why. The gameplay is great. But that game is, at least the base version, is so ugly. And when I tell people that have not played it, that the buildings are just text on a purple square, they're (laughs) shocked. Because they don't even have a background of a house or something like that. It's just a purple block with text. And that is super ugly when I play that game. And even though when I play it, I enjoy the gameplay, I would not ask to play it because there are so many games now with beautiful illustration and great gameplay. I want a game that has everything, or as much as possible. You're greedy. I am totally greedy, and the board game renaissance has allowed us... It has allowed us to to be be greedy. Plenty of games fit that bill. I totally agree. Gameplay is Especially, fine. Art leaves a little to be desired. <laughs> we are talking about just gameplay and the fact that it's enjoyable for gameplay. But that's not the only reason why you need good art. Sometimes you need it to differentiate your game from other people's games just when they're choosing what game they want to buy at a store. You, so you're talking about the uh, book by its cover, impulse buy yes, of the game. Totally. Uh, games by their cover. We games all games by their box. Games by their box. Maybe we all wish that you could judge a game just by the gameplay. But as you've seen, there are at least two people that judge games partially by how pretty they are. Games are a visual experience. Absolutely. It's not only are they tactile because you're moving pieces around, but that that in and of itself makes the visual portion important. And so that's why we like pretty games. The box, it's basically just the ambassador of the game inside. That's a very good way of putting it. So, you know, if, if, if a game has a pretty box, usually, not always, but usually the game inside will be pretty. And I've actually heard some people say, now that I'm, I'm trying to develop a game, I, I see some people say, you should definitely spend money on illustration, and if you are only going to spend it on one thing, spend it on the box. Because you have one chance to attract people, and there are the people that... Uh, have two games that they see and they say, oh, which one am I going to choose? And you want to be the one that they say, oh, this is prettier, I'm going to choose it. But then you also have the people that just walk in and want to impulse buy and they say, wow, that thing looks cool. I want to pick it up and read the back of the box to see if this is a game I want to play or I want to buy. A lot of that comes down to how attractive is your box? Absolutely. And it's not just actually the illustration. A lot of it is, is, again... Graphic design, making it easy to understand, making it say, wow, this is a game that I would want to play. Look, it has two to four four players. It looks like there's a, I don't know, it's a, it's a competitive tile-laying uh, mummies. Sorry, I'm just looking at a bunch of board games, so I'm choosing <laughs> adjectives of different games, yeah. putting them together. 
Yeah, like the the one rule I know of presentation is is uh, less is more. Yes. And oftentimes you'll see a box cover where they've just gone way overboard. Way overboard. I, I love it when I see a box and the box cover is a work of art in and of itself. That just gravitates me towards it. I think uh, what's a game that really f- like just immediately jumps off the Suro. <laughs> it's definitely one of those games. It makes you want to pick it up. And turn it's it over true. And I did pick it up. <laughs> it, I, it's I have something to tell you. You know that time that I played it first. Yes. And I was like, uh, and then I, after I played it, I didn't really like it. I was the one that wanted to play that game. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is cool. It looks simple and whatever. Oh, it's really simple. <laughs> it is really simple, but yeah, it um, inside and out, it's it's gorgeous. Yes, it's so gorgeous. I wanted to play it. So that's it, it. Sold me, even though I regretted it afterwards. Yeah, that's definitely uh, you judged the book by its cover, totally. and uh, you totally regretted it. And sucker, well, I didn't. I, I had to know. It's one of those things you have to figure out eventually. Especially because a lot of people do enjoy it, so I can't be like, oh, I'm definitely not going to enjoy that game. Yeah. But you know what's also something important that a lot of people uh, neglect? They have a beautiful front box cover, but a lot of games, you only see them from the side. Especially in a game store when they have so many games, you're only going to see the side of the box because that takes up less room. Yeah. A lot of games will have a beautiful front, and then their side is neglected. Because yeah. they're like, oh, I'll just slap the name on and do whatever. Absolutely. And There's yeah. a lot of losers on the side. But you know what has a beautiful side panel? No, tell me. Suro. <laughs> Suro does. Sorry, Tsuro. Tsuro. I can't even do that. I don't know how it's actually pronounced. Tesuro. Tsuro. I'm going to call it Tesoro. Even if your game is... Lords of Waterdeep. Lords of Waterdeep. Is this an example of a game that is well designed? Yes. Or poorly designed? I love the inside of that. The box, and also it's a good example because the front of the box, I think, is butt ugly. Sorry, illustrator, whoever did that. <laughs> I don't know if it's butt ugly. It's not butt ugly. I don't like it. I don't like the front of the, the box, but I love that game. And it looks pretty and it's easy to understand. You should uh, bring it out. I should totally bring it out. Have you played it yet? No. Oh, I've been waiting for you game. to bring it out. It's a good game. I will bring it next time. Okay. It is, like I've told you many times, it's a well-polished game. doesn't do anything special, but well-designed, well-graphically designed, very pretty. game that does it right. Hits all the, box, all, all the boxes except for the box front. The sides, the panels are beautiful too, and the back is beautiful. But at least the front cover did what it needed to to get you to pick it up. No, I didn't. Turn it over. Actually, the side panel is what I saw. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool side panel. Because it's a weird box, too. It looks like a book, right? In a a case. A book in a case. So it looks really cool. Then I picked it up and looked at the cover and said I didn't want to play it. But then I played it at a friend's place and it was amazing. So I went out and bought it. Cool. All right. You're Dave. I am Dave. You're Dave. You're Alan. I am Alan. And this has been... I was going to say the wrong name draw roll move podcast oh i was gonna say this has been fun but uh, oh and the draw roll move podcast and the draw roll this has been a fun draw roll move podcast yeah uh yeah so i've really uh, enjoyed talking about uh art and graphic design although i knew that i was going to enjoy talking about art surprisingly interesting to talk about graphic design and 
and what goes into good graphic design all the way down to uh, the amount of information that you include in your graphic design to help the players as much as possible. Well, that was pretty cool. Oh, it was amazing. So anyways, um, I guess that that's it? Yeah, that's it. All right. So that has been Draw, Roll, Move podcast number four. Ooh. And pretty pieces. Pretty pieces. If you enjoyed that, you can go onto our website to look for all the other podcasts, of which there are three other ones so far, at inthelast.com slash move. You can also find our uh, contact information there, and it is move at inthelast.com, just in case you don't uh, like to read. And that's, uh, that's, that was a good, good, good fun. Good fun. And I said good three times, because that was how good it was. Triple good. And...